If you want to know what's good for a missionary, uh, I know that there are some preconceived things out there that say, well, they just want my money. Uh, I'm probably the weird missionary. This is what I want. This is what I want. This fills the heart of a missionary to be with you, all right? And I know most of my friends will say, yeah, I just got to get away from people. I want to go out into the country. And in the end, there's nothing wrong with that, all right? We even did that for the last couple of days. Uh, but this, being with you right now, fills my tank to overflowing so that I can go back out and do what I do. And so if, if you ever think, oh, I'm bothering the missionary, <laughs> no, you're not. Okay, I have an endless supply of energy and a desire, and en- seemingly endless desire to talk to you, uh, and not even about me, but about you, because I really love you, church. I really do. So what I think I'll do today is I'm just going to give you an update, and then I'm going to make a, a special appeal today. Some of you watched some of our Facebook, and you're like, what's this announcement? <laughs> it's okay. Uh, we'll get to that, and I'm going to make an appeal to you today, and then I'm going to go on into the Word. Uh, if I give you this signal for the next slide, is that okay? Is that condescending? Okay, good. All right. Why don't we go on to the first uh, slide? I'm going to just let you guys know just kind of some of the things that are going on, uh, and, and when I say us, I don't want you to think of Debbie and I. I want you to think of us as a church, Okay, because you're going to hear some really good news today, and you're a part of it. Make sure you understand that. You, you may, I, mean, I think I heard this before. Good, you're going to hear it again and again and again and again. Because when you turn on the TV, I feel like it's pulling you into an ugly place. That's not going to be uh, the case today. We're going we're gonna to show you what God is doing through you. Uh, I continue to serve as the head chaplain uh, at Heritage International School. We have had a record attendance this year, 511 students, 175 staff, uh, plus parents, uh, plus incidents. And I'm the only chaplain, so if you're looking for a job, I could really use your help, all right? I have a part-time assistant coming in. We have enough now for about three chaplains, all right? And so my wife continues to uh, support me as best you can. How do you support this? Um, and, And she's teaching calculus and just doing great things, developing relationships. We're in our calling in that position, and we're really enjoying it. Uh, And it is exhausting, okay? Uh, You can kind of see some of the things that we're doing this year. That Micah actually gave me a hug. That's the first time that's ever happened. He doesn't really let me hug. Because of the position, and you know I like to do a lot of things, so this year I had to delegate a lot of responsibilities, and our students really rose to the task. You can see this is the first year that we had two, even three worship bands that were student-led and student-generated, okay? Uh, This year's Band of Brothers, let me just speak to this just a little bit, because we're going to come back to that in just a moment when I make this appeal. Band of Brothers and Sisters was something that I developed about five or six years ago. And it is not a Bible study. This is specific, specific discipleship. So this year, we regaged everything, and I took five guys and five of our ladies that were seniors, and I said, you're in charge. I discipled them. I taught them. I walked with them. And then I said, okay, you're going to go out and, and work with two more. Pick up two more. Should we pick up five? What did I say? Two. Pick up two. Pour your heart and your time and your energy and the word of God into those two. 
and then prepare them not to just go out and we'll see what happens, but to pick up and work with two more and so on and so on. And yes, we had ebbs and we had flows. We had to get rid of some people because they wouldn't keep the standard high and we needed a high standard. Now we are at 75 disciples and disciplers and we have a waiting list of people when we get back to Uganda, 15 that were ready to be interviewed and they want to step into this program. Oh, yeah, exactly. Amen. Again, you're doing that. Yeah, you can clap. That's okay. It's awesome. It's awesome. Stuff you won't hear on the news. And this is what's going on. Okay. And this, after two years, we haven't been in school in two years, this last year. So when you bring everybody back to school, you know, they just naturally get along after two years, right? Wrong. No, they do not. Okay. And so just at the right time, those band of brothers and sisters stepped up and stood in that place and kept the peace. They maintained the standard. They had excellence. When fights would arise, can you imagine Micah stopping a fight? Right? They stepped in and they were like, no. Okay? They held the standard and they did so well. And so some of the things you're seeing there, yeah, thank you. Uh, the, that's, uh, those, are the five, those are five of the ones that graduated this year with the chaplaincy. Next year we have 10. We're going to have 10 that will graduate with the chaplaincy next year. And the program continues to grow. ACSI came in and accredited us this year, and they gave us a commendation and said, we want to see that in more schools. Where did you get that? I said, from the Bible. I, I ripped it off from Jesus. Okay, so that's okay. That's what he wants. It's the discipleship model, and it works very, very well. So continue to pray for that. You can see we even have a fourth grader. We're starting to step down. Uh, kind of more in an Awana-style capacity to start shaping these leaders so that when they step into places where they can begin discipling, they'll be able to do that. We are extremely, extremely passionate about discipleship, proper, thorough discipleship from the Word of God. Interesting story as we go to the next slide. Uh, this year, we, uh, I put out a challenge, and I said, uh, for everyone who can memorize and recite Word Perfect, the entire nav- Navigators, the, which is the 60 verses, the TMS, I will buy you as much food as you want from wherever you want, as much as you want. For, yeah, I said I'll do that, thinking that we would have two. We had 18 kids memorize and recite word perfect, the word of God, okay? And here's the beauty of that. People saw how believers were coming together and how they treated each other, right? In all this chaos, and they were like, Wow! That's incredible. And people from other faith systems were coming to us going, can we be a part of that? Muslim students, many coming and saying, can we be a part of that? You understand we're gonna teach from the Bible. Yeah, but I really like what you have. I like the camaraderie. I like the way that you Christians treat each other. I love it and I wanna be a part of it. That's what's going on. That's what's going on. I can barely see that. Is that okay? Uh, Tumaini AIDS Prevention Program this year has been a particularly difficult year. Uh, the the cost of food has gone up; is more than doubled now. Uh, and we're not dealing with people that have pantries. Okay, so many people are starving. I think some of you heard the story uh, about when we put out, when our guard puts his garbage out the back gate. Uh, the moment he turned around. Little kids were diving into our trash, going straight to their mouth. 
okay? That's where we are in Uganda at this time. It is a very, very desperate situation. Petrol is about $7.55 a gallon. No one can afford that, so people aren't driving. It's very, very difficult. Rent or, or the cost of housing has gone up 43%. People can't afford that, and so that's what we're dealing with in Uganda. And when they see us coming, boy, are they grateful. Boy, are they grateful. Just some of the things that we've done, as many of you know, we are connecting our students with local ministries. We're connecting our students with local ministries. So it's not that we teach the word of God, it's we teach it, and now it's practical, go do it. Go do it. What if I mess it up? You will. It's okay. Look at me, right? You had sunk this low, okay? And the reality is it's okay to make mistakes in this environment because we're here and we're going to work with you. And listen, I'm the chief mistake maker. It's okay. It's okay. God is a big God, and he will take care of what needs to be taken care of. So this has been a particularly awesome time of being able to take students and plug them into communities around us, okay? Uh, Chicago Primary School, you heard about the faux hawk. Uh, th- thanks to uh, LifePoint Church, uh, VBS, we were able to, we, uh, they, they raised $5,000, and then we matched what they did. So we, uh, by the grace of God, sent 54 students to school this year that would otherwise not have a chance at an education. And things on the island are no less desperate. And so when a gift like this comes through, you are changing lives in a very big way, a very big way. And, it's sh- and, and you're talking about people that would otherwise live, a, live, a, live as farmers. There's nothing wrong with farmer, uh, fishermen, nothing wrong with fishermen. Uh, but they're, they're called to be something else. And an education makes that possible. You can kind of see just some of the excitement that is in these kids' faces. And when they see us, they, they, know, they know you. They know that the American church has sent us to that place. Okay. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk specifically. I'm going to make this appeal today. Uh, I'm going to tell a story, and this is kind of a hard story to hear, okay? But I want you to know you have a part in this story, okay? The young lady that's standing there is Vanessa Lambie, and I think I spoke about this last time I was here. Uh, Vanessa Lambie, when she was nine years old, was abused by her uncle, It is very, very common in Uganda. One in three young ladies, one in six boys uh, face some type of uh, abuse, uh, traditionally sexual abuse. Go ahead and the next slide. When Vanessa, uh, again, when she was nine, this happened to her. uh, And uh, then eventually her father as well. Uh, Vanessa, after a year of this, ran away from home. She ran away from home. She's 10 at this point and ran to Kampala. She was going to tell the police what happened, okay? Uh, Our police force is uh, very corrupt. It's very, very, very corrupt. If you commit a crime and you have enough money, uh, you're exonerated, okay? And so Vanessa spent two weeks living on the street, building up the courage to go to the police, and she, she, was able to, she was able to muster up the strength to go to the police station and tell her story of what happened to her. And so the police arrested her. They put her in a cell. Ten years old, she's in a Ugandan cell where she will stay for two weeks. 
They arrested the father. They arrested the uncle. The grandmother came down and bailed out the uncle and left Vanessa in jail. Eventually, Vanessa got out of jail, went back to grandma's house where she was absolutely shamed into oblivion and told, never, ever show your face here again. So Vanessa goes back to the police station, absolutely broken, with no options, none whatsoever. And she, and she steps in there, and she's working with a social worker who is way overworked. She is crying, and two and a missionary couple pulled in, something, something like us, uh, to contest a ticket, much like us, right? We weren't speeding. Can't speed on these roads. It's insane. And they look over, and they see Vanessa sitting there, and they're like, What's wrong with her? Why is she crying? What's going on? What's her story? A long story short, two, two, two years later, two, three years later, they adopted Vanessa. And several years later, they brought her back to the United States uh, back in 2017. Now, here's where you come in. Here's the cool story. Vanessa, you put a beautiful lady with kids and this guy in a place where we could interact with her. Right, I was her Bible teacher, and I said, okay, everyone has to give a testimony. Ah, right? Nobody wants to give up and give their testimony. And Vanessa stood up and told this story and used that as a platform to share what had happened to her. And we were all like, I don't know how to handle that. And Vanessa came to me after. She's like, I, I want to know how to forgive. What does it mean to forgive? And I'm like, I just heard your story, and I'm not ready to forgive. But she's like, I, I want to forgive. I, I don't want this hanging over my head. I want to have a right and true relationship with God. And so for a period of time, we worked through that, what forgiveness was, and she comes to the United States. And now, last year, Vanessa started a, a, an organization called Rescue One More. And all summer, she's been back in Uganda rescuing young uh, boys and girls from the same thing that she went through. The same thing. And mom and dad are just trying to fund it as they go. They're like, in fact, the dad called me last, uh, uh, last week, and he's like, Justin, I don't, I don't know how this is going to work. I'm like, buddy, I, I guarantee you this is going to work. I guarantee you. What missionary says that, right? I, look at my funding. I don't know, Right? I know this is going to work. I'm, I'm standing here as a living example that this is going to work. And here's how I know. I know your heart. I know her heart. And I know that you really mean to do what God has intended for you to do. And that's what they're doing. They're back there this summer. They're there right now. Going around to community leaders and introducing themselves and saying, we've got a four-tier process that will put an end to this if you'll put it in place. And they're saying yes. And their desire is to bring kids in and never tell a child no. And it's working. And they're not fully funded. How amazing is that? How amazing is it? So Debbie and I, Debbie and I, are putting all of our energies and our resources behind Vanessa and Rescue One More. In fact, when we go back, uh, I'm, going to be, I'm going to be doing some shuffling, and I'm going to work with that organization to work with dads, to work with brothers, to work with young men and say, 
Guys, this is how God wants us to treat our ladies. Something that may not be a popular uh, topic in our, in, our, in our time and place. Don't care. I don't care. Right? And so, again, what I would ask you to do, church, you're already involved in this. We can go to the next one. We're already involved in this. This is, this is just, this is the community. Those are Boda men. You remember the men that, that robbed me the last time I was here? That's them. And they're out for justice. They're out to protect their community. They're tired of it too, right? Go to the next one. It's just a, just a six-tiered, and I'll have Grant send this information out because I want you to look at this, okay? When I get a student, Vanessa was one of the first leaders in Band of Sisters, one of the first. And look what God did through you. How awesome is that? That is so incredible. Nothing fires me up more than when I see a child or a student or someone who has been, where we've invested in, and they come back and they're like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pursue God's call on my life. Amen? Amen. So again, I'm going to have Grant send that information out, okay? What they need is this. They need your encouragement. They need your prayers. Reach out to them. Talk to You don't know me, but I'm so-and-so from Franklin, Indiana. They love that. They love that. Reach out to them with prayer support. Reach out to them financially. And again, we just got done with some, um, we just got done with fundraising, uh, fundraising classes. And they're like, well, how's your funding going? We're not even paying attention to it right now. This is too important. This is too important. And there's the family. That's uh, Scott, and Vanessa, Scott and Vanessa Lambie. Daughter Vanessa is there on the left, and they have many adopted kids. And, uh, man, I, I, I don't make a point of doing this a lot, but I'm doing this now because I believe very strongly in this ministry. Uh, dollar for dollar, if you want to, not, they, uh, Vanessa is able to circumvent things that we would never be able to circumvent as white missionaries. She's able to take and go to different places. She knows what works, what doesn't work. She can read those things because she's Ugandan. And man, is it powerful. Man, is it powerful. So I mean to thank you for all that you guys have done. If it was not for you, I would not have been able to go to Uganda, and I would not have been at that place and at that time where she felt brave to give her a platform to be able to say what, what God, what, what trauma she had suffered, and, how, and now how God is using that to save other people. That's a very, very big deal. It's a very big deal. And you were there. You did that. And I love that. I love telling you that today. And so, beloved, would you please pray? Uh, would you please think about how you can impact these people? Um, they, right now, they're getting ready to open a service center in Kampala. They've got, I believe now, four service centers uh, around Kampala, or around uh, Uganda, and they're opening one in, in, in Kampala, uh, and we're just support raising for them, and, and we're generating champions for them, and that's what our role is, okay? Thank you guys for, uh, for hearing uh, me on that update. Uh, let, me go into, let me go into the message now, and please, when we're done here, talk to me. Talk to my wife. Uh, I love talking to you. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you, God, so much for your church, God, for the body of believers, Father, who uh, at times are the, your victories sometimes don't make it. Um, 
They get lost in the shuffle, but God, this is clearly and evidently you at work. And Father, you, you made it uh, so that we were, there, we were able to be there uh, in a time uh, that, that in which Vanessa was ready to heal and ready to, to work to move forward. And Father, we praise you for that. We praise you for all of these ministries, Lord. These are not my ministries. These are your ministries. And Father, I just ask that you would continue to bless the work of your hands uh, through this church, through us, all of us, God. Because again, it is such a delight to do this together. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen. Well, Luke chapter 19, uh, I, I particularly love this story. I tell it a little bit of a different way. We have kids here today, so maybe I'll tell it in a way you like. I'll try to, I, 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 have, a, I have a different way of telling it. Um, parents, I hope you don't think I've uh, watered it down too much. story of Zacchaeus is really interesting. One of my favorite quotes about Zacchaeus is way before Zacchaeus ever wanted to see Jesus, God planted a tree to meet his need. Wow. Wow. And that is, a, that is a hard-hearted man, and he planted a tree uh, to be able to see him. Um, if, we, if we're looking at just the time frame, let's set the story up here. Uh, the time frame, Jesus is going to go through Jericho. He is on his way to die. I want to make sure that we get that said, because he's on, he goes through Jericho, and, and conceivably one of the last uh, purposeful events that he has, or the purposeful uh, people that he's going to engage with is Zacchaeus, okay? And, and, I, and I don't know what you would do if you knew you were on your way to die, all right? Uh, I probably would spend, no, not probably, I absolutely would spend time with my wife and my children. Mom, if you're watching, I promise I'd come see you, okay? Uh, that absolutely would happen, uh, but Jesus doesn't do that. He has got an agenda set forth by the Father, and if you look at this, the, the magnitude of who Jesus is is shown in who he is choosing to go and spend time with. The place is Jericho. Uh, if, you, if you look at the map, Jerusalem is up here. Jericho is down here, all right? So if you're going from Jerusalem, you have to go downhill, all right, and, and typically speaking, uh, forgive me if I use some imagery here, but traditionally speaking, Jericho would not be a desirable place, right? Uh, there's, something about, uh, there's something about a wall and a trumpet and the, 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 the walls fall down, uh, but Jericho is not a desirous place. It's, generally speaking, it's where uh, Romans and politicians would go to vacation, all right? If you'll allow me, we would make that our modern-day Las Vegas, all right? And some of you are like, I like Las Vegas. Sorry, I'm not, I'm not beating up on your... They are making it more family-friendly, good for them, all right? And then let's talk about Zacchaeus the man, Really interesting individual. Uh, the, when the Romans came in, Zacchaeus entered into what's called the internship for junior tax collectors. All right, it's an opportunity to make money. The problem is, is I'm a Jew. Okay, right? And so he enters into this. This is not real, by the way. Uh, he enters into this idea where he can uh, make a little money. Hey, I, what I want you to do, Gary, kind of old for an internship, but that's okay. I want you to go and I want you to get, just get, you get 5%, but maybe bump it up a little bit more. And so, so Gary would go and do that, and he would, he would, knock, on, he would knock on some doors. And, and early on, Gary had a hard time. He'd knock on the door. Hey, are you the owner of the house, sir? Yes, yes, I'm the owner. Okay, 
you owe us some taxes. Uh, we need 10%. Oh, I don't have 10%. And he'd whittle it down because he kind of felt bad. He's handsome. He's got a family, right? But, but towards the end, as he progressed, his heart grew colder and colder such that he would have no problem knocking on the door. Hey, little old lady, is this your house? Yes, it is. Are you with I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, we, we, need, we need 35% time. We don't have that. Okay, let me show you something. Boom. Right? And he would take the land. He'd have no problem. And you have to analyze a heart like that. Why would that be? Well, in, in, in many cases, uh, he got comfortable in his lifestyle. And this is, this is kind of, it becomes a cringe thing for me. All right, especially when I come back to the United States and you have Starbucks here. Ooh, man. Right? I love to go get Starbucks. And I, and, I, and, I, and I look at this and there's a part of me that kind of desires what we would term the American dream. And I'm very glad that I'm in Uganda because I like being able to give that up. And I'm not, again, I'm not beating up on, uh, if, you, if, you're, if you're prosperous, that's great. Praise God. Uh, but man, uh, it, it can really turn a heart so quickly. Let me give you my first point before I read through. When a person receives the gospel, it reveals that God has already been at work in their heart. Well, in what ways is God at work in his heart? Uh, Zacchaeus wouldn't be able to tell, we wouldn't be able to tell as we look at Zacchaeus that he is, uh, that God's at work in his heart. We would look at him, we would think that's a hard-hearted person. He's a Jew, he's taking, he's taking money from the Jews, right? He has no problem kicking people out of their homes. He's despised, and yet something is going on. We know in John chapter 44 that no one comes to the Father. Here's John, John chapter 44, uh, John 6, 44, sorry. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up in the last day. So something's going on in Zacchaeus, right? And I'll speculate. My speculator's just as good as you, Rick Kramer. Uh, my speculator's just as good as your speculator. I would speculate that Zacchaeus had been given the full uh, of what he could actually take in right? Everything that money could buy, he's going to take in, all right? Tax collectors were already wealthy, but scripture here tells us specifically that he is, uh, he, it says, uh, and, he, and he was wealthy. We already know that because he's a tax collector, all right? But something is going on in his heart, and we're going to be able to see the evidence of that in the next couple of verses, he wanted, to see Je- he wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short and he could not see over the crowd, so he ran and he climbed a sycamore tree. What did he do? He ran and he climbed. Is that what wealthy people do? No. He ran and he climbed. I always allow our kids to speculate. Do you think he really wanted to see Jesus? Was he just on, was it like a circus to him? He just wanted to go and check it out? No. He really wanted to see Jesus because he ran and he climbed, okay? Now, where do you fit in in this scenario? You watching this, you watching this short, probably a little pudgy because he's wealthy, Jew running, running through the crowd and then trying to cr- climb a tree. You guys know you'd have your phones out, right? Look at that. That's gonna be a great meme right there, boy. As this little dude, who you don't like, by the way, is working and sweating and grunting to get to the top of a tree. Why? Do you think he cared anymore? No, he didn't care anymore. He did not 
care at all. He's going to run. He's going to climb. He has to see his only hope. He recognizes he's probably got a pool. This is probably mob mentality. He's probably got other people gathering for him. By all intents and purposes, we would be very content with that life. We'd say, wow, he is very wealthy. He's got this. He's got this. What else could he need? He has nothing, and he knows it. He knows it. That's what happens to a person that gets to the end of their, of their resources. When I was a stockbroker at Charles Schwab, I remember taking phone calls, and without fail, the wealthier the person, the more irritated and angry they were. Why? They had reached what they had been told was the summit of all things, and now they were miserable because they realized they had nothing. And now they, they, they weren't even searching anymore. They weren't even searching anymore. By the grace of God, Zacchaeus is like, I have all that. I don't care. I need, I'm empty. You been there? I've been there. Oh, my goodness. Before coming to Jesus Christ, I was so empty. Even at times where I stepped back from my faith, I thought, let me, let me try to take the wheel in this. I heard Jesus sing, take the wheel in my head, right? And I tried to do that. And you know what it was? It was so empty. I thought, I can't live like this, Jesus. How am I sitting between two fields here? How am I doing that? And I would go back to him, and he would love me. And he would draw me back in. And it was so wonderful. And that, that is what Zacchaeus needs That's what some of us need. That's what some of us need, isn't it? Point two. When a person receives the gospel, it it, it results in immediate obedience. Now, this is hilarious. I want you to see what Jesus does here. This is really funny. He's probably been climbing onto this sycamore tree for a while. Just clawing at it. You know it's hot, right? It's hot in, in Jericho. It's going to be down. It's going to be recessed. You're going to be sweating. He's, he finally gets to the top of this tree. What does Jesus say? It's hilarious. Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. Are you serious? I just climbed up this tree to see you. Can you give a brother little props? How about recognizing that I got it? He doesn't do that, though, does he? What does he do? He comes down immediately. He came down at once, and he welcomed him. Now, as I'm going up that tree, I'll tell you what I'm going to ask. I'll tell you what I'm going to say. I'm going to say this. How, he's not going to know my name. How would he know my name? I'm a dirtbag that lives on the other end of the town. He's not going to approve of my lifestyle. Maybe I'll get to see him. Maybe I'll get to wave. But there's no way he has any interest to see me, but I want to see him. There's a little glimmer of hope in his eye. We all retain that glimmer of hope, don't we? That maybe Jesus does want to look at us and call us by name and tell us what we're going to do. And that's what he does. And I don't think Zacchaeus had ever been talked to like that before because he's a man of authority. But when Jesus talks to him, he says, come down. We're going to your house. And Zacchaeus didn't go, well, I didn't do my laundry. My wife would have too, by the way. Oh, my word. The house is not clean. 
right? You got to, we got to, nope, if you're going to have people over, nope, didn't do any of that. Came down immediately and welcomed him gladly. Nobody else would have done that, but Jesus looks into your eye and he says your name. Do you remember when he did that? Do you remember when he did that? Oh, man, there is nothing sweeter than your Savior, our God, looking into your eyes, calling you by name, and welcoming and saying, come down. I want to spend time with you. We're going to go to your house, right? And Zacchaeus is like, you're in charge, brother. You're in charge. You got it. We'll do it. Let's go right now. And the people saw and began to mutter, he has gone to be a guest of a sinner. We do that, don't we? We do that, don't we? Sometimes we lack that grace to say, boy, that person has been through a very difficult time. Maybe when they get further down the road, we could talk to them about that, when in reality they need grace so badly. They need that love so badly, and Jesus is the only one to give it to them. And you and I may be the only people that they will run into today that can be that picture of grace. If you want to know what is at the cornerstone of our ministry, excuse me, God's ministry through us, it's that. Love God and love the person in front of you today because they matter. They matter. And that doesn't just mean in Uganda. That means right here today. Because I don't know what you came in with. This is not an easy place to live in these days, is it? Scary sometimes, isn't it? God's in control. He has authority. Clearly, he has authority. Let me just give this last point here. When a person, when a person, sorry, when a person when a person receives the gospel, he responds with repentance and restitution. Repentance and restitution. Listen to what he says. We do not know. I wish we had a recorder that could take in and, and give us back word for word what Jesus said to Nicodemus. Or sorry, what Jesus said to Zacchaeus. We don't have that. I wish I knew what that was. Whatever he said, it worked as it always does. Some of you are like, I wouldn't want to hear that. That's specifically for Zacchaeus, right? But Jesus is very, very good at loving you as if you are the only one that he has ever created. He is very good at speaking to exactly what's going on within you. And boy, I know he's done it to me. Well, we're doing really good in ministry. Yeah, that's right. I'm really concerned about this part of your heart. Can we talk about that? Whoa. Hold on. No, it's you. You're an authority. Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord. He's not being brash or arrogant. He wants everyone in the room to hear what he's about to say because he is cut to the heart. He recognizes he hasn't done, he, that he has done the wrong thing, that he has hurt so many people. And he doesn't care about his money anymore. That is irrelevant to him, except this. Here and now, I give half of my possessions to the poor. I think he's literally just going, guys, take that out back, sell it, give the money to the poor. Take that, get it. I don't care. Get half of, half of it, sell it, give it to the poor. I don't care anymore. 
And he says, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, and he knows that he has, he knows he has, I will pay back four times this amount. That's what a changed heart looks like. That's what a changed heart looks like. He's not doing this for salvation. He's doing this because he, out of the abundance of what Jesus just gave him. He's doing it out of the abundance. You ever acted out of the abundance of the love of Jesus? It's gorgeous. It's amazing. It's powerful. It's shocking. I am not the kind of person who would do the things that I do today. I'm not. But boy, when Jesus comes in and pours himself into you, when you were climbing up a tree going, we'll see, I hope so, doubt it, but I hope so. And he's like, I want you. And he's done that to every one of us in here. And when he pours that love out on you, you have to, you have to give it to others. That's why Grant said this morning, Justin, just, you just want to hug them. They didn't know you're, you're, you're hugging an instrument of God's love. You're hugging a brother, an eternal brother. Amen? When you're hugging each other in here, when you're loving on, in, on each other in here, that is a testimony to God's love that he has poured out on you. And man, nothing can stop that. Love him, love others. And Jesus said this great statement today. Today, salvation has come to this house Because this man, too, is a son of Abraham, for the son of man came to seek and save the lost. And did he ever? Did he ever? People ask me all the time, how did you become a missionary? I got saved. I got saved. Jesus came in. He touched my heart in a way that no one has ever or will ever touch my heart. And from that point forward, I thought, I cannot be quiet about who he is. I'm going to love. I'm going to fly to Africa. It's hot, right? There's all kinds of difficulties. You get robbed. It's okay. God is still good. He still wins. He's going to continue to do. It doesn't matter what the trajectory for the United States may look like or what it looks like up here for us. doesn't matter. You will wake, when you wake up tomorrow morning, blank slate. He loves you as much today as he did any other time. And you can go, wow, and you can love him. You can love, and you can love others. Man, you do that, you're the greatest missionaries he's ever created. You are. You already are. But man, if you wake up and do that, that's living. How do you give up the American dream, Justin? Pretty easy, honestly. It's pretty easy when you realize that outside your door is a triage of people that need you a triage of people that need you. Let me pray for you, church.